0: Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a good episode. I talk about Article 3 and the Supreme Court's supposed power that when they issue an opinion, it becomes the law of the land. And I give you some of the historical perspective. I want to open people's eyes to this because this is such a huge problem, and the constitutional conservatives are just such massive frauds in this area. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell people the truth. And the truth is, Constitution is nothing like you're told, and constitutional conservatives are not on your side. They are grifters keeping you on the constitutional tax-paying plantation. I used to be a constitutional conservative myself. I believed it for years and years and years, all the blather and the lies. I believed it all. I promoted it all. It was embarrassing. And then about 25 years ago, I got the Internet. And when I got the Internet in fairly short order, I figured out I'd been very, very badly lied to by my law professors, by constitutional conservatives in academia and media my entire life. It's just one gigantic fraud. And when I figured that out, I became self-certified as a master practitioner. I didn't need them anymore. I've also gotten a Lifetime Achievement Award that I gave myself for all the great work I do on these podcasts. And I know I've earned those awards. So let's go ahead and get this show going. So I want to make a show today about the Article three kind of powers of the Supreme Court. I know that sounds like it might be really stupid and boring, but it's such an important topic because it's one of these fundamental things, just like I kind of made that show about no representation with the 27,500 we'd need. This is the same kind of thing because you hear this all all the time. So many people talk about power of the Supreme Court, what they say, they make law and all this other shit. their rulings are the law of the land. And all this nonsense they put out there that constitutional conservatives continuously repeat. See, the framework is not true. No free people would agree to the arrangement that we're told exists. And since Article 3 is so short, I'm going to use it. I'm going to read kind of the first section. I don't know if I'm going to read the third section, but I'm going to read a little bit of it because it's very small, three paragraphs. And I want to show people that it's completely impossible that what they've said we've agreed to, nobody in their right mind would ever agree to. See, nobody in their right mind would ever agree to any of this crap that they've dreamed up. That's the problem. And I'm making this because I hear it so many times, and I want people to really understand what a complete and total load of crap All of this is when it comes to the idea that the Supreme Court is the law of the land and we must obey it. And once they've given their holy opinion, after that, the only option is to hope over years and years and years to try to get the right people on the court and change it out and try to get another case up there and have it properly positioned and get them to try to reverse themselves or to get a constitutional amendment. That's what we're told over and over. Anybody can look around and see the complete and utter insanity that exists with regards to this place. And the vast majority of it is either caused by the court or everybody knows the court's about to approve it. They've taken what is previous bullshit court opinions, dreaming stuff up and making things so-called constitutional, and then the people interpreting it from there, the legislations, and saying that it fits within it. It doesn't matter if this stupid shit about male-female marriage. It doesn't matter if it's abortion where they just dream this shit up emanations from penumbras. It doesn't matter if it's the way Oliver Wendell Holmes upheld sterilization against somebody's will. It doesn't matter if it's the phony baloney conscription laws when there's no power to conscript anybody in the Constitution. It doesn't matter if it's the fake legal tender laws. It doesn't matter if it's Texas v. White. It doesn't matter if it's Marbury versus Madison. It's made up, people. It's totally and completely made up. There's absolutely no authority in the Constitution whatsoever to provide that the Supreme Court was given the power to simply issue an opinion, and then it was the law of the land and everyone has to follow it. And there's countless proofs that go against it, but I want you to just think about some of the things that should be there and aren't there and make it clear as day that this entire construct is crap. And the reason it's important is because... Most lawyers don't even know this. See, they don't know it because when you go to law school, what do you do? How do you learn about Article three in the courts or anything else? You go into a class, you're spending a lot of money on that you need to get a good grade in so you can get out the door to try to get a job and start practicing. That's the mindset. All right, get good grades. So are you gonna go in there and actually try to put the thing to the test and really pick it apart? No, you're going to listen to what the teacher says and try to figure out what the teacher wants, and then you're going to try to figure out how to put that down on a test. Well, what the teacher wants is a complete and total load of shit. It sells this Article Three Marbury versus Madison nonsense without actually looking at the text of the Constitution and saying there's no basis for this. And, of course, Marbury's decision is crap. But what I want you to understand is that the reason this type of thing sounds like such kookery to most people when I tell them is because there are virtually no lawyers who even know it. And of course, you're never going to hear anything but this. And literally every single aspect of the legal world, which is almost the entire world now in this country, because the government has taken over so much, simply assumes in all of this stuff that's absolutely not true, demonstrably not true, easily proved. And in fact, I was messing around with Chad GPT before I got on here, and I'm very close to getting it to admit that in a very clear, succinct way, and I'm going to get them to admit that in a later show. I think I'm going to work on it some more and get a chat GPT to show people that the idea that the Supreme Court's opinions or the so-called law of the land is complete crap has absolutely no basis in any simple constitutional interpretation. I'm going to get that one. But I've spoken that in the past and kind of explained this topic to people. And it's important people understand it. But I want to hit it from a slightly different angle this time. I want to talk about the fact that if you're sitting around and you're supposedly having this constitutional convention you're supposed to vote on, forget the fact that the constitutional convention itself was completely and totally secret. And nobody got to see any of the notes for 30 years afterwards. Most people have no idea that. When I tell them that, they're blown away. Why? Because obviously that's the exact kind of sneaky bullshit that they pull all the time when they want to try to pull the covers over people, right? This is what they do. Anyone who's interested should go look into how fake the ratification vote it was and how completely phony it was, but I don't even want to talk about that. I want to talk about the so-called Holy Federalist Papers, and it's clear as day that the issue of the Supreme Court becoming the law of the land when they issue an opinion is nowhere discussed in the Federalist Papers. Nowhere. I've asked Chat GPT about it. It confirms it. I suggest people go find out themselves. It was also not discussed at all at the Constitutional Convention. So even if we'd had their notes, these faked up notes, I don't believe that are the so-called record that exist, assuming them to be true. There's absolutely no discussion of granting the court this absurd power to be able to issue an opinion and then we're all bound to it. And the only way to get rid of it is to beg the court to reverse or to get a constitutional amendment. There's not one single thing in there. So, as a result, absolutely zero part of any debate going into the so-called holy ratification vote had anything to do with granting the court this power. Nothing. Well, you think that people were unaware of such a power? (laughs) They knew all about it. They didn't give it to the court. And therefore, Ninth and 10th Amendments kick in, and there's absolutely no authority to the court. The fact that the court tried to grant itself this in this absurd bootstrap, sort of snake-eating-its-tail nonsense through Marbury in a joke of a case, which I've also done, is absurd on its face. But the fact is, you're not allowed to question it. See, because that's not how you make money as a lawyer. It's not how you get a good grade in law school. And it's 100% buried into every aspect of the law. You hear about precedent, stare decisis, and all this other horse shit. That's all the result of this system in the United States where the court has claimed that it has all this power to simply issue an opinion, and that's it. And then the Congress is the one who made it law for the appellate courts and the district courts to therefore follow it. There's absolutely nothing in the Constitution requires it, and that's why we have to have a statutory law on the books in order to make it happen. Otherwise, the courts would be free to ignore it. As it is, they're not. And since the judges that sit on there are all fully brainwashed, and imagine this Article 3, Marlboro versus Madison shit is true, especially because they're all judges and because it makes the judges even more powerful. It's a massive conflict of interest beyond anything else. But because they don't have any idea how wrong they are about it, they just spew this shit out night and day. Nobody ever talks about it. But all these problems we have with these court decisions would all go away if we simply go back to the actual construction. And the construction is that it's it's a single case. It goes up and the parties to the case are bound to the decision. And that's it, if you believe what the Constitution is. That's it. That's the only thing it, it does. <laughs> it doesn't bind anybody else. And if the reasoning sucks and it was a 5-4 decision, then all the courts would be free to simply ignore it because it's shitty law. And there might be some jokers in California that would agree to it. Fine. Okay. That's the point of federalism. So different states do different things. But it would not become the law of the land, it would just be an opinion written by some judges. And in fact, when the Constitution was written, the reality was the judges all wrote their own opinions. There was no so-called opinion of the court. That didn't even exist. That's something, again, that Judge Marshall started in order to keep this entire scam going and to give it some more oomph when people think about, oh, the opinion of the court. Oh, there's no such thing as that in Article 3. There's no such thing as that the court shall issue an opinion because there was no such concept. Something he dreamed up. Again, add to this flavor. And because all these things are completely and totally wrong and the vast majority of people have no idea they're out there, That's why people can get bamboozled. But the simple fact is, if you were back there, one of the few thousand people who ever even voted on the stupid ratification of this joke document, I assume anyone ever cast an accurate vote or a valid vote. We have very scant records, and I don't trust any of the records I get from today's vote. Why would I trust that? It's a rigged-up joke. But even assuming all those people were fully informed of everything that was discussed at the Constitutional Convention with the records they were hiding for 30 years and no one saw, and the Holy Federalist paper debate with the Anti-Federalists. There's absolutely not one single thing in any of those documents that indicates that Congress, through this Constitution, was proposing to grant the court this absurd power that people imagine. Not one single thing. You see that? And why? Why wouldn't there be? Well, who the hell would agree to any of this? Who would ever agree to such an absurd kangaroo system where a group of people who nobody knows who they're going to be, how many they are even going to be on the court. There's absolutely no reason Congress can't just simply put one judge up there, a single justice of the Supreme Court. So since there's nothing in there about that, therefore Congress can't easily do that. And people who don't believe that can simply go read Article 3 of the Constitution. Section 1 says judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such other inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. Then it talks about the judges. Both of the supreme and inferior courts shall hold their offices during good behavior and shall, at stated times, receive for the services a compensation which shall not be diminished during their continuance in office. Period. That's all it says about the judges. That's it. (laughs) That's it. They serve for a term of good behavior. That's it. And that's been turned into that they serve for life and you can only get them out through impeachment. Again, absolutely nothing in the Constitution indicates that. Not one single thing. That stupid impeachment language, it's not even in Article 3. It's in a completely different article. (laughs) It doesn't apply to judges. The fact that they have impeached them in the past, it doesn't matter. You can do anything. But you can see right there, there's absolutely nothing in there that limits the number of judges. So we could just have one judge up there. So the idea that I'm supposed to believe is that a people who just fought a war to throw off a tyranny and had this extremely decentralized Articles of Confederation, then without any debate whatsoever, no discussion and no language in the document, ratified a document that would give the Congress the power to appoint someone who would serve forever, as long as they lived, As a single judge who would hear these cases, and when he issued an opinion, which was unreviewable, that his opinion became the law of the land, we all had to obey it forever unless Congress could get it overturned with a constitutional amendment with 75% of the states. (laughs) Or we'd have to beg him and plead with him to reverse himself. Otherwise, we're all stuck with this law. You're telling me I'm supposed to believe that is the situation that they approved. It doesn't make any sense, people. See, that doesn't make any sense. It's not credible in any form or fashion. And the fact is that it's never presented like that because, as I've said, the lawyers are completely and totally bamboozled, totally bamboozled. And the judiciary is just a bunch of lawyers who are on a power trip because of Marbury. (laughs) And other lawyers don't know about it because why would they look into it? The fact, every court follows it. You go in and make the argument I just made, they're just going to laugh you right out of there. <laughs> they are, because we live under a laughable tyranny. And the only people who are ever going to clear this up are the people who are the tyranny, who are dumping it down on us in the government. So it's absurd. But that's why it's not known. But it's really very straightforward. If it's not expressly granted, which it's not, it's not even discussed, which is not, then it's reserved to the states and the people through the Ninth and Tenth Amendment. And nothing about the court is empowered to somehow expand its own authority into this extreme area. There's no way anybody would ever agree to this. Why would any rational person agree to such an insane arrangement where the future Congresses you don't control can pass laws and then they have one guy up there who simply has to approve it and say that it's so-called constitutional with a case that he accepts um, and now it's the law of the land forever, and its constitution can't do anything about it. Um, th- it doesn't make any sense. Nobody would agree to that. See, it's no part of checks and balances. It's no part of anything. It's certainly absolutely nothing to do with a democratic republic. Nothing. That's asinine. <laughs> see, that's completely asinine. And so once you see it like that, and you see that, well, hold, yeah, that doesn't make any damn sense at all. I mean, just literally no sense at all. Well, then when you hear all these people talking about it in the news and all these phony baloney legal guys talking about it, you know that they're just completely full of crap. See, they're just completely full of crap. And this massively empowers, massively empowers the federal government because all of the expansion comes from misinterpreting these uh, constitutional provisions that are clear as day, by courts and then having the so-called Supreme Court bless it, and then it's just immediately with the tiniest little lever, it's just everywhere, just like gay marriage. See, Just like, oh, Obamacare is constitutionally. They took out one little thing. Oh, okay. Take out this, take out that, approve that. Corporations are people. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I got gotcha. you. So we just stand around, and when the Supreme Court, which would just be this one guy up there, that Congress put in, imagine uh, when he died and Charlie Schumer and all these other fucking jokers are up there and you got a like, guy like Joe Biden who then appoints his one guy. There's nothing in here that says they have to have gone to law school. Law schools didn't even exist. They could appoint fucking uh, Hunter Biden to be the only Supreme Court justice up there because there's only one up there. That's it. And then Hunter Biden, whatever he said, we'd have to obey. We'd have to obey. Become the law of the land. There's nothing structurally about the document that would prevent that. See, And anybody with half a brain who reads a legal document, certainly one that's supposedly going to govern me, uh, would know that. And certainly any document with something that preposterously uh, powerful in it would have been massively discussed in the Federalist Papers and in all sorts of other articles. Nobody would have agreed to it. See, nobody would have agreed to it. And that's how it's so clearly not there. See, it's not a matter of it being a close decision and precedence. We've got to look at the framework and all the stupid shit Marshall brought up. He was just making it up. So he was just expanding his power. And anybody who looks at the thing with the most basic jaundice eye can see that. You see, Congress at any time can shrink or expand the so-called jurisdictional sort of coverage of these courts. Because the only courts that have to exist is the Supreme Court. They don't have to be any inferior courts. It's true you'd be limited to the number of cases, but they'd just all be filed originally in the Supreme Court. So you have original jurisdiction and everything else is not original jurisdiction. And there's lots of different ways they can get jurisdiction in other ways. But there's only either original jurisdiction or otherwise. And in the Supreme Court, the original jurisdiction is very, very limited. See, it's very, very limited. The original jurisdiction only extends to one thing, and that is, in all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls, and those in which a state shall be a party, the Supreme Court shall have original jurisdiction. In all other cases... In all other cases, which are before mentioned, which is just all the laws of the Constitution, all this general shit, it doesn't have original jurisdiction. So what I'm saying is, if you only had one court, it would hear all the cases. The Supreme Court could be a district court. It's an original court. It's a court of first impression. You file the document and, in effect, a complaint in federal court, and you file it originally in the Supreme Court in those cases of original jurisdiction. It doesn't work its way through. And there's absolutely nothing prevents all cases, all federal cases, from being filed in the Supreme Court, except that they wouldn't be able to get to hardly anything, right? Wouldn't, so I'd love it. But anyway, they could do that. That's the point of it. So everybody knows that. That's the way it's constructed. And so Congress can have as many additional kind of courts as they want, but they don't have any of the original jurisdiction like that because they don't even have to exist. And absolutely nothing in any of the language indicates that these courts must obey the Supreme Court, it's just simply the supreme judicial authority. That's all Article 3 says. The judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courses the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. That's it. That's the language that people imagine turns it into a situation where if Hunter Biden's up there as the only Supreme Court justice and he issues an opinion, it becomes the law of the land. See, nothing about that is accurate. Because all it means is that the case will go through these other courts, and if it reaches it as an appellate matter, then it rules on it, and that's the final say. (laughs) That's the final say. All appeals could be heard by the Supreme Court. They could just have a district court, and the only appeal you would have would be the Supreme Court. That's it. But again, the Supreme Court could never, ever handle the load because you're entitled to these appeals. (laughs) You're entitled to them. And so you're stuck. And so the structure that people imagine is so constitutional and shows that it's the law of the land, it's, it's none of that's true. See, none of that's true. And I'm just trying to show people that these arguments about the idea that somehow the Supreme Court opinions are the law of the land, if they eke out some 5-4 horse shit or for any other reason, it's just not true. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, What can we do, legal (laughs) man? Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. I'm just trying to show people that these arguments about the idea that somehow the Supreme Court opinions of the law of the land, if they eke out some 5-4 horseshit or for any other reason, it's just not true. And it would be so much clearer if people understood and we had a situation like Hunter Biden being the only Supreme Court justice, which could easily happen under the structure of the document. And what I'm trying to show people is that when you expand your mind out beyond the limits of the constitutional conservatism, uh, complete nonsense. And in this situation, all parties, the liberals and everybody else, all agree on this foundational lie. See, this foundational lie that we go to the courts and then the Supreme Court so-called tells us what the law is and then we all have to follow. We have to hope to try to get, you know, someone else on the court in some other way and all this different shit. And all of that stuff is not true, but both sides agree to it. And absolutely nothing about this is ever taught anywhere else. There's literally no discussion of it. It's pointless to brief it in any form or fashion. It's seen as complete kookery and or it's seen as settled law, and it doesn't matter why you're wasting your time. That's the way the courts are going to interpret it. You're right. It is. We live in a complete and total tyranny. That is exactly how the courts are going to interpret it. The courts do not give one shit about reality. Does it mean that they then have to follow it? Well, of course they do because the Congress has so-called made them. But my point is to show you that if you just put yourself back in the time frame, of so-called voting on this ratification of the Constitution, there's absolutely no possible way for any rational person to ever want to agree to such an arrangement where literally a single lackey can get appointed, and then that person, whatever they say, becomes constitutional law that we all have to follow. See, there's no possible way anybody but the most corrupt kind of piece of shit who knows they have back channels into government thinks he's going to be able to work this for his own benefit, would ever agree to this. Certainly not a people who just so-called fought a war and were very skeptical of government. It's the most insane kind of Star Chamber arrangement that could ever be imagined because the person supposedly, he sits for life now, even though the term, again, is just good behavior, but this is all the crazy ways it's been interpreted. See, and just think how many problems come down to this. Think how many problems are all based in this this central core problem that the Supreme Court opinions, they only apply to the parties in the case. There's endless Supreme Court law itself on that because it has to be a case of controversy. See, they're not entitled to just speculate about shit. In order to have any kind of case in front of the court, it has to have both subject matter and personal jurisdiction. And personal jurisdiction is very complicated and getting it's very clear. You can't just say, oh, you were in the case. Well, did you serve me papers? No. Did you attempt to? No. Okay. Well, then I'm I'm not bound in any way by the decision. I wasn't made a party. You can't make me a party. (laughs) You have to get personal jurisdiction over me. And that's a very, very specific, important thing. See, it used to mean that they had to bring the people into the jail so they could actually enforce something. That's what it meant <laughs> is take them right away. But now it's just more elaborate. It's all been foringified and absurd shit. But it doesn't matter because that principle is there. It's inescapable and you're never going to get away from it. It's impossible. You have to have personal jurisdiction to be bound in the case. And even if the personal jurisdiction is obtained in some way where they don't actually serve you, and they have to go through a very elaborate process to show that they've tried a million different ways, and you're constantly avoiding it, and you're well aware of it, and you attacked a, a document with the entire pleadings on the front door the last known place, and all this shit you got to go through to sometimes be able to get notice through publication, meaning that they've already gone through all these other things, and the court allows you, if you motion, you put it up there, and the court will allow you to put a posting on Facebook and fucking classified ads and all this miscellaneous shit and run it for 30 days and all this crap in these different counties where he might be in order for there to be supposedly uh, service. So now they can obtain personal jurisdiction over you. All right. But look at all they have to go to even in that case. And then to say that they somehow would have personal jurisdiction over everybody in the country, all the people who haven't even been born yet, who would then be bound to this case and its outcome. That's asinine. See, people back in the 1780s, they knew all about this stuff because court judgments and stuff were serious matter back then. And they were very rare. Government wasn't running everything with some kind of bullshit court thing like now. So everybody knew about this stuff. The idea that you could get bound by some decision you weren't even involved with years before you were even born is idiotic. People never would have accepted such a ridiculous concept. And yet, and yet, that's what we're sold, and that's what Justice Marshall, the August Marshall, dreamed up and started shoving down everybody's throats, and now has been completely accepted and never even questioned. But just when you start thinking about how stupid the idea is, it's just laughable that constitutional conservatives run around and promote this shit, talk about the August judiciary and going through the rule of law. And, filing your cases and waiting around for the supreme court and then all the machinations about who they're going to get on there and what kind of decisions and it's all completely made up see it's totally made up in my opinion it's completely laughable that any supreme court decision can ever be made anything less than unanimous (laughs) it's so dumb there's absolutely no possible way people would agree that they'll be bound it'll become the law of the land if just either one guy, as I've showed you, or if they put seven or eight or ten guys on there, that's just a slim majority, one extra. And therefore, it's now the law of the land. It doesn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense, people, say, But it's not ever discussed. And this is why I wanted to really spend an entire show and really hammer on it and show you. Yes, I've made other other shows about this exact kind of issue and hit it in a lot of different ways. But I wanted to show you if you just go back in time and look at it, it's completely absurd. And nothing about the entire structure makes any sense with anything that anybody would ever want. Certainly nobody would agree to it today. <laughs> Absolutely not. Outside of the fact that people are so massively brainwashed, they think it's part of the august constitutional system. This is the damage that constitutional conservatives do because liberals, of course, want that. But The constitutional conservatives are supposedly on the other side of that for liberty and justice and all this other shit. And instead, they push this outrageous load of shit on people that nobody can see through. And all these arguments about policy don't matter. The problem is that we're standing around having to have arguments about policy because it all moves in one direction. There'd be no reason to even care about what the Supreme Court said. See, none. You wouldn't know any of the justices. You wouldn't know any of the cases. Be no part of it, because unless you're actually a party to the case, none of it would matter. (laughs) This is how they've gotten such control. This is the fundamental problem, and the constitutional conservatives do not question. And it's not even a matter of having to raise a question. They're so totally dead wrong. It's an outrageous tyranny that's been jammed down our throats and has been completely lied about. That's the reality. (laughs) That is the reality. And you never, ever hear it, and they never talk about it. And the vast majority of them are probably so dumb that I don't even know. The few that have ever figured it out, uh, they're sure going to keep their mouth shut, if there are any. And I've got my doubts about some of them. There may be some. Most of them are just not that bright human beings, brainwashed. They just stay within their lines, push their little propaganda nonsense about it, and collect their millions. That's it. But my argument, my case I've made for it in multiple different shows, and in this one, again, it's just airtight. There's nothing to say about it. Impossible that the court has that power. On top of all the express arguments I'm going to make in that chat, GPT, anybody can look at it and see that you can't have a legal document that creates such an absurdly large power. When you look at the history of the negotiations, there's no mention of it in the document. There's no mention of it in the negotiations. The outcome of it makes no sense. The people who would have been voting on it had no notice of it and never would have agreed to it had they been told. None of it makes any sense, people. Not one tiny bit of it makes any sense. And that's why when I analyze these Spooner cases and Spooner gets so pissed off at the court, he knows it damn well, too. (laughs) He knows it. That's what jury nullification is all about. That's ultimately what it's all about. The power is supposed to remain in the people at the level of jury trials, not at this pinnacle horseshit where one guy could be Hunter Biden up there sits as Supreme Court justice and lays the law of the land down and then everybody has to follow it. (laughs) <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so ridiculous and absurd. And the reason they've been able to get rid of jury nullification is because of this jacked up system, <laughs> the fundamental structure. That's the problem. That's how all the power's been swept out of the hands of the people. See, that's how. So so there you go. That's all I wanted to say about it. Um, I, you know, if it's not clear to you at this point, it's never going to be made clear. And or you know damn well it is clear and you don't want to accept it. That the people you believed in, your guys in media and academia, they're either completely and totally incompetent, have no business telling you anything about the Constitution or the law. Or they know damn well that I'm right and they're just lying to you because they're picking up their millions and millions of dollars. And both outcomes are just outrageous and hilarious. I don't know why anybody continues to support them, but most people just can't face it. They can't face 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years worth of indoctrination and belief and all the nonsense that I've just swept away. All of the nonsense I've just swept away. It's too much to accept. Too much cognitive dissonance. So, it's the way it goes. I don't care. So, that's all I want to say about it. If you want to follow me, you can. I'm legal man at U.S. Crime Review on Twitter. I enjoy laughing there with the people who my Twitter sphere, even though they suppress living shit out of my account all the time. Absurdly so. So ridiculous. And I want to thank people in Patreon who support my show financially. I really appreciate that. I take a lot of risks with this show. I've told people just an unbelievable amount of what are, in effect, secrets that I doubt there's 100 people in the United States who are lawyers who understand it like I do. I seriously doubt it. Lots of people know there's something wrong with the system. doesn't work. They have some experience with Spooner. But the things I've told people a while, the construction of the document, the way the actual law is interpreted and used, and the way the courts work, it's just there's nobody else that really tells people the truth like I do. That's all. So I appreciate the people who support me. I really do. And uh, the movie, Jones Plantation. I play Mr. Jones. Best I can tell, it's coming out June 3rd in Phoenix. We're going to have a screening, and I'm really thinking about going to that so it's going to be I think around eight o'clock the exact location uh, I'll have that later but if you're going to be in the air and you want to see it you know I think it's going to be pretty fun I really do cool indie theater a bunch of cool stuff I think it has got the Guinness World Record for having like the most movie memorabilia so it's kind of a cool theater it's also going to play at Porkfest on the 21st of June so if you're going to be there on the 21st, I think it's going to play around 6 o'clock that evening. Can't, don't hold me to that. But we'd love for people to go to that. I think it's also going to get released digitally then. So there's a couple screenings coming up and uh, I think a digital release. So most people know about it. Story by Larkin Rose. Allegory going from shadow slavery to debt slavery. I mean, it's really great. I hope people support that movie. It makes money. So. And beyond that, I don't think there's anything else to say. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day, wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man. Great show. Thanks so much. Get to check your serves on the way out. More quash. More quash.